0: This is actually lesson number six. I have, uh, the Lord led me some weeks ago to start talking about uh, uh, spiritual gifts. Uh, and now I want to say this again. Some of these things I repeat, but sometimes you have to. Somebody told me one time, people don't hear you until you say it 25 times, and then they just begin to get it. So I know, right? So uh, October uh, 6th was a Sunday in 2019. I was, this table, I was at this table on the floor on a on stool, and, and um, God spoke to me very clearly that something was going to happen that would alter and change our nation, would rattle us to the core, not just our nation but the world. And the, the thing that got me about what he said, I've still got it in my journal, he said that, uh, it will be, that event will be the catalyst that will cause Joel 2.28 to be fulfilled. And, of course, Joel 2, 28 will come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, says God. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams because they're sleeping. I'm joking. Uh, on your servants and handmaidens, you'll pour out your spirit. And so there's going to be a tremendous move of God. So we're not going to go out of here in the rapture with our tail tucked between our legs because all hell's breaking loose. The glory of God is going to be on us. And the gifts of the Spirit are going to manifest. So we've got to get ready for that. And uh, people that are ignorant can be very, very dangerous. Put a shotgun or a rifle in the hands of a 10-year-old untrained, that per- he, he can do some huge damage, right? And so the power of God, the uh, gifts of the Spirit, of God's power, and before God unleashes His power in the body of Christ, He wants us to understand... You know, just how it functions. So I'm talking about spiritual gifts. And I'm going to go back in a minute here to First Corinthians chapter 12. Spiritual gifts are the power of God in the earth today. And they operate in the lives of people baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read real quickly a couple of scripture here. I want to encourage you to ask the Lord for the manifestation of gifts of the Spirit. Will you do that in your personal private life? You know, pray that God's kingdom would come. Jesus prayed in the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I pray that every day. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. On the heels of that, I also pray, Lord, let gifts of the Spirit manifest in the body of Christ. And I'm not just talking about victory. I'm talking about all over the body of Christ, all seven continents where people live, right? Wherever there are people. And there's the church. Let the gifts of the Spirit manifest because that's the power of God in the earth. First Corinthians 12, 31, but this is amplified. Earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces the higher gifts and choicest graces that is good what is the best somebody said what's the best gifts of this gift of the spirit i'd have to tell you i think the one needed at the moment i don't know how to answer that any better than that i don't know how you can put one above the other because everything that god creates is perfect in and of itself is that true and so the holy spirit wants to use imperfect people in the gift so we need to understand them so he said earnestly we get our uh, desire, and zealously. The Greek word zelu um, uh, means tremendous passion for something. Do you question, I have to question myself, do I have a tremendous passion for spiritual gifts? Maybe you say, well, well, not really. Well, ask the Lord to put a passion in you for them and then start asking for their manifestation and then say, God, I am available to be used in spiritual gifts, right? So uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen one says this eagerly pursue." and seek to acquire this love, because he talked about love in First Corinthians 13. Make it your aim, your great quest. So another doorway into spiritual gifts, not just desire, but loving people will open up the door for the Holy Spirit to minister to them through you. And then he said, earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments or the gifts. Again, that's the amplified. So again, we're, we're, to, we're to covet the spiritual gifts, covet that they manifest. God asked us to do that all my life. And I've been in God now 40, over 46 years, just a few days into that. And uh, I, I regularly pray, God, let gifts of the Spirit manifest. And uh, really, I, I, I never, I did say, God, if you want to use me, I'm fine. And he's used me all my uh, spiritual life, just in certain spiritual gifts. I believe God wants every believer. It's the will of God every believer at some point can prophesy. How many hear me? Anyway, it's another subject another day. Uh, One thing that will help these spiritual gifts to manifest in a local church is unity. So that's why grumbling, complaining, whining, talking about people behind their back, gossiping. Get rid of that. If that's in your life, get it out. Just cleanse yourself. Say, God, help me. Maybe that's a habit pattern. Ask God to help you. Be a person that walks in unity because that's what... Fosters the spirit of God to manifest Himself. We're looking at one Corinthians chapter twelve, four through eleven. Let me read this tonight. We're going to talk, talk quickly about the gift of faith. One Corinthians twelve, four through eleven. There are diversities of gifts. This is New King James, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities or operations. I think King James says, but it is the same God who works all the gifts and all the is Really, what he's saying there. So so if you look at what we just read, there are there, there diversities of differences of gifts, but it's the Holy Spirit's over the gifts, the differences of ministries, but but Jesus is over the ministry offices of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, te- teacher, or wherever you are in the body of Christ in the helps ministry, if you want to call it that. Um, and then it says, and there are differences of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. So it's God the Father who works All the gifts and all the ministries and just makes it all flow together. He's overseeing all of us, right? And so the whole theme of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is unity. That's why we need to work together. Then he says, But the manifestation, the outshining of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now that's really insightful. It's not up to us to say, "God, I want to be used in the discerning of spirits." Or in a word of wisdom, or oh, God, I want you to use me in the gifts of healing. It's not up for you to say that. I've never in my whole life said, God, I want to be used in X, Y, Z. I've never, ever, I say, God, any gift that you want to use me in, I'm open. And I, I, But I ask you to use others. Use people. Don't be selfish. If your idea of being used in spiritual gifts is so people can see you, they won't ever see you. <laughs> they won't ever see you. If you don't care, no telling what God may do but uh, it's just really important that we keep ourselves out of the way, right? But he says, uh, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So I regularly pray, and I want to encourage you as you come, whether you come to victory services, you're vis- visiting another church or whatever, just ask God, God, let, let spiritual gifts manifest in these meetings, particularly if it's a church that's a spirit-filled church, I believe it's in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, ask God for spiritual manifestations. I've done that all my life. Now, if you go to a, you know, a, a, a dot in the wool you know, denominational church, and they and they want her to let you breathe without it being on the bulletin. Well, obviously, you're probably not going to have gifts of the Spirit in manifestation. But if you go to a church where the Holy Spirit is open and welcome to manifest, then pray for those manifestations. Does that make sense? And I've done that all my life. I really encourage you to do so, and it does make a big difference. and And I can tell when you're praying. the The pastor the pastor of the church can tell when you're praying. So there are three major classifications of spiritual gifts. I need to cover this quickly before we go forward. There are three gifts that we call revelation gifts. Everybody say revelation gifts. And what do they do? They reveal something. So it's the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and then discerning or seeing into the realm of spirits. All that's on video, audio, and the notes are online if you haven't been to hear those. We've covered all three of those clearly in the last lessons. Then there are three power gifts. That is, everybody say power gifts. They do something. So the gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings. We'll come back to the gift of faith real quickly tonight. Then there are utterance gifts. Everybody say utterance gifts. They say something. So the gift of prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And so we're going to go cover all these in great detail and, uh, and give you some real insight into it. So we have covered, we've covered again the, uh, the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Word of wisdom was God gives you something about the future. Got to be really careful over that. Often people, when they prophesy, they'll, They'll, they'll go from the simple gift of prophecy, which just builds a person up and encourages them into telling them something about their future. You need to take that under advisement, right? We'll talk about that when we talk about utterance gifts, but <coughs> the simple gift of prophecy just encourages that word of wisdom tells something about the future. You got to be careful with that. I've never let another person guide my life with prophecy, and you shouldn't either. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's a man of God with a great big TV ministry and millions and millions of people. know. it doesn't matter to me. You come up to me and say something to me, I'm gonna put it on the invisible shelf and it will not guide my life. Jesus will. And the word will. And the Holy Spirit will. If they say something that agrees with God speak, what God's speaking to me, I'll say, well, thank you, Jesus, right? So then we also have the word of knowledge where God reveals something about people, places, or things that have happened in the past or happening right now. It's not future. It's past or present. So we talked about that in detail. Then, discerning of spirits is literally seeing into the spirit realm. That's a tremendous, a tremendous gift that makes uh, Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the angels of God very, very, very real to us as believers. And that's often uh, works together with the prophets' ministry. Having said that, there are those in the body of Christ not even called into full time ministry that have discerning of spirits in operation in their life. We have got some people in our church that operate that way. I never have, but. Uh, Some people now think it's great. So tonight we're going to go right into uh, the gift of faith. We have covered spiritual gifts, of course, uh, being the results of baptism with the Holy Spirit. So if you're here, you're watching online, you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, ask God for it. I was a believer for uh, for almost 18 years. I didn't even know about the baptism with the Holy Spirit until my mother received uh, when I was 16 years old. And it so profoundly changed her life. We were Southern Baptists. We didn't preach and teach that. Our pastor didn't believe in it, and they didn't want us to do that. My mother received this unbeknownst to her pastor and all the staff at the church and a number of ladies in our church. It changed her world and uh, such a witness to me And uh, that uh, the next year I received that experience. So again, if you haven't received, ask God. Uh, ask God for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It will change your world. It'll rock you. It'll rock your socks. I don't know what the spiritually... You just won't be the same. It, it changed who I am and the dynamics of my walk with Jesus. And if you, if you walk in the light of it, it'll, it'll help spiritual things be more real to you. So baptism with the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit operate in the lives of those baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was used in the gifts of the Spirit. Seven of the nine spiritual gifts manifested in the Old Testament, uh, uh, only two that didn't. Were different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. They're distinctive of the church age. And once, once we go to heaven, we won't have any reason for different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Because he said, he said, eventually one day those tongues will cease because we'll know as we're known when we're in heaven, right? And so, really interesting. But but uh, seven of the nine spiritual gifts operated in the in the old covenant. Jesus ministered under the old custom, uh, old testament. Old Covenant auspices, and so seven of the nine spiritual gifts operated fluently in Jesus' life. I've told you this boy, Let me encourage you again. Go through the four Gospels and just read the miracles that Jesus did. They come under the auspices of one of the seven of these spiritual gifts. It's amazing to watch it, and, and I said all that because Jesus said, He who believes in me, the works I do, you will do, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. So again, the works that I do, you will do. Why do you say that? He received the baptism with the Holy Spirit at age 30. That's when his miracle-working ministry began. And, so, and he did no miracles prior to that. So again, miracles go with the gifts of the Spirit, the working of miracles. So again, you can, we can expect the same gifts of the Spirit operating in Jesus' life with the addition of two different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues to function in our lives as the Spirit will. So ask for it. Uh, That's my encouragement. So let's talk real quickly here about the gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? In fact, um, I looked at Weymouth's translation today, um, which uh, says, calls it special faith, the gift of special faith. So it's a different kind of faith than the ordinary faith you have have as a believer. In the notes I've gotten here, the gift of faith is a supernatural endowment by the Spirit, whereby that which is uttered or desired by man or spoken by God comes to pass. So, so often it's spoken, doesn't have to be, but, but it's something that just happens and it's the results of special faith. And so, you know, you think about the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, which are the three power gifts you know this is the passive power gift, the gift of special faith. It receives working of miracles puts something out. It manifests. It gives something. But the gift of special faith receives miracles. The gift of working of miracles, even the gifts of healings, they perform perhaps miracles. But again, the special faith is a it's kind of like a kind of a passive of the, of the three gifts. It's the passive one because it puts you in position to receive miracles. So um, in my notes it said it's different than the other two power gifts, working of miracles, gifts of healings, because its operation is not immediately or generally observable. You can't see it at the moment, even though it may be working. So again, it's more passive than active. You know, when Moses divided the Red Sea with Rod, you could see that, right? That's, That's working of miracles. Um, so, so, but this one's a little bit different. Like when, when Elisha said, nobody going, nobody going to have any rain till I say so. That, that's, that's the gift of faith. He just said it. It just happened. So we'll, we'll go uh, look at that a little more, uh, in detail later. Um, the gift of faith is, uh, separate from saving faith. Again, I want to differentiate this and understand this is special faith. is something beyond your ordinary faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 by grace you are saved through faith that not of yourself it is the gift of God this is the gift of this is faith for salvation this is not talking about the spiritual gift here this is just the faith that God gives a person when they hear the word when they hear the gospel first time you heard the word and were were presented with the gospel faith came into your heart that God loved you and God could save you from your sin that's that's just we call that just saving faith then there's the fruit of faith the King James version Says this, Galatians 5:22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no long-New King James and most modern translations, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It changes faith to faithfulness. So, again, uh, so that is the fruit of faith. And how many know that affects our character? How many know God wants us to be a faithful person? He wants you to follow through on your word. He wants us to be a person of integrity. He wants us to be people that others can trust. How many know it's worth a lot to have one person in your life, if they say it, it's done. And you don't even have to ask them again. It's done. That that person's worth a lot. Would you agree with that? Y'all, if you've got a, a, a faithful friend, that's awesome. If your spouse is, you know, it blows me. My wife is so faithful. I trust her. And, you know, if you've got a faithful spouse, and again, in a local church, if you've got people who are just faithful, that's a big deal. So it's the fruit of character, right? So you've got saving faith. You've got the fruit of faith. And then general faith. There's just a general faith that we operate in uh, that, you know, we receive answers to prayer with. And as an aside, let me encourage you. You should always work to keep your faith built up. There are Scripture that I I mention aloud to the Lord. He knows them, but I need to remember them. And I just rattle them off to keep my faith built up. Faith in His Word, faith in answered prayer. So there's a general faith by which we receive answers to prayer. That needs to be constantly mothered over. You need to constantly work with your faith. Don't think, well, I got it and I'm going to keep it. No, faith will dwindle away if you don't work on it. How many hear me? You got it. You gotta. You gotta keep it built up. I do that uh, regularly. So, but that's the general faith that that we receive answers to our prayers with, and that grows as we meditate in the Word and um, and feed on the Word. I call it, and then exercise it against the circumstances of life. But this special faith, this special faith, is um, just a bit different than all of those. It goes beyond your normal faith, and it's something the Holy Spirit gives you in a moment of time. And I'll tell you in a minute, I've been, I, I didn't even know it was happening when it started, for start, started manifesting in me, but I know how it feels. And I can tell when there's something beyond my average, ordinary faith that grabs me. Now, when I say that, I was reading an illustration from the life of Smith Wigglesworth this uh, afternoon, And he went to go visit a person who was ill. And he prayed with all the faith he had for that person to be raised up from a deathbed. And he said, out of his own mouth, he said, I reached the limits and end of my faith. And then he said it this way, but there came another faith. (laughs) And it grabbed a hold of mine. And it moved me. And that person got up off the back. In fact, one guy, he was dead. And Smith Wigglesworth, they say he had 23 people raised from the dead in his ministry. To do that, one of the spiritual gifts is the gift of faith. Another one's the working of miracles. You got to bring the dead to li- alive. Dead organs got to come alive. And then gifts of healings have to heal whatever they died of. Grab him, a guy, and put him up against the wall and say, wake up. Wake up. And that's when he said another faith grabbed hold of mine. That guy opened his eyes and came alive. He was dead. Isn't that incredible? So the gift, I'll talk a little bit more about this special faith. It's really, it's really amazing. Let's look at some examples. Everybody okay? Examples of the gift of faith in Scripture. And I, I want you to see it has a lot to do with words. They may or may not be spoken because the gift of faith comes from God and augments the faith a person already has. Okay, so, so you remember when uh, Isaac is laying on his deathbed bed and he brought his children before him and begin to bless them. I think Abraham did that as well. Uh, Genesis twenty seven twenty seven. he came near. Uh, this is a, uh, Isaac blessing. Get J- Jacob came near and kissed him, smelled the smell of his clothing, and blessed him and said, now here's the gift of faith, watch. Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, the plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brother, and Let your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. See, that was the, that's the gift of faith. It came into manifestation. He spoke and even though it didn't come to pass immediately, the eventuation of what he said was fulfilled in Jacob's life. You get that? So the gift of faith is of the ability to say something. And it's going to happen. It may not happen that day. It may not happen that week. But the eventuality of it again is it comes to pass. How many hear me? Daniel operated in the gift of faith when he was placed in the den of lions uh, by the king because he wouldn't bow down to the idols and worship them. Uh, Daniel 6, 16. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested, thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. Stone was brought, put placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal, the seals of his nobles, so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace, spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment, couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early in the next morning, the king got up, hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so he would not hurt me. Or I've been found innocent in his sight, and I've not wronged you, your majesty. King was over, over overjoyed to order order Daniel to be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. For he had trusted in his God. See, that's beyond natural faith. Natural faith, you go you're waiting on the bones to be crushed in his mouth. He he just sat there. It didn't say he said anything. See, also the gift of faith, it just sit, it just stands. And having done all to stand and Daniel obviously protected by God. Same thing happened with the uh, three Hebrews in the protected in the furnace of fire. Daniel three twenty, he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, throw them into the blazing furnace. They tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, other garments. Verse twenty two, uh, because the king in his anger demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames actually killed the soldiers that threw the three men into Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego securely tied fell into the roaring flames, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement, exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. And Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego stepped out of the fire Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowded around them, saw the fire had not touched them, not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. That's <laughs> working of miracles, huh? The gift of faith also combined with it. They were able to go into that fire and not, I'm not even sure that their heart would have even fluttered when the gift of faith's in manifestation you just know that you know that you know that God is doing what He promised, right? And that's a manifestation. Elijah calling judgment on the wicked, First uh, Kings 17, uh, 1. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God whom I serve, will, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. That is the manifestation of the gift of faith. It often works with words. Job twenty-two twenty-eight. you will also declare a thing. It will be established for you so your light will shine, so light will shine on your way. So again, that's the manifestation of the gift of faith. <coughs> often it works with words. Elijah was fed by ravens. Now it took the gift of faith to, be, to sit by a brook and let a bird feed you. Oh, nasty beak. Oh, nasty bird with bacteria in his beak. Oh, my Lord. First 1 First Kings 17, 2, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east, hide by the Kareth brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. Okay. For I have come, that's an unclean animal, by the way. A raven? They eat, you know, I, listen, I've been to Africa. There's some big birds over there, and they eat some nasty food. For him to trust and he could eat from a bird's beak. It took something more than normal, natural faith. How many hear you? Hear me. Uh, For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him. Camp beside Kerith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening. And he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up. and There was no rainfall anywhere in the land. God had another provision. While I'm saying this, here's what you've got to know. Regardless of the persecutions that are coming to the body of Christ in the future. How many know God is full, well, able to take care of you until your time to go to heaven is there? How many hear me? So if it looks like there's no food, God can provide food. When it looks like they're about to kill you, how many know God can sustain your life? Gifts of the Spirit, y'all, I'm telling you. We're living in the cocoon of His care. And gifts of the Spirit are here to really help us. Uh, New Testament, here's the Apostle Paul was not harmed when a snake bit him on the hand, Acts 28.3. Paul gathered an armful of sticks, was laying uh, them on the fire. A poisonous snake driven out of the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. They were superstitious. superstitious. Though he escaped the sea, justice uh, will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. People waited for him to swell up, because that's what happened when that kind of snake bit you, or suddenly dropped dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided that Paul was a god. It wasn't a god, it was just power of God working in him. And it was the gift of faith that sustained him from snake by Jesus. Here's Jesus' ministry when he raised Lazarus from the dead. One of the spiritual gifts that manifested there in Jesus' ministry was the gift of faith, verse 41, so they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here uh, so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in gray cloths, which they had they had put resin resin-soaked cloth, strips of cloth on each digit of his body all the way up to his uh, torso, up to the aperture of his face, which a uh, simple cloth was laid on. And when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he woke up and he couldn't move, so he came out like this here. Hey, y'all, unwrap me. Unwrap me. I can't even hardly talk. I can't hardly breathe. You get it? And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes. His feet wrapped in a face, wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. That's amazing, isn't it? One of the, one of the things that happened there was a the gift of faith. You're not going to raise the dead with your natural faith. If you could, you'd just go raise anybody that died. Is that true? Uh, when I was young in Bible school, uh, we, we had some ladies who were really excited about Jesus. And one of the persons in our church died. You remember this, Susan? This lady talked a lot. And she was all excited about Jesus a lot. And so when that person died, she said, I'm, she said Mitch, I'm going over to the funeral home. And I'm going to go over to that casket. I'm going to command him to get up. I said, you are? She said, "Oh yeah." So I didn't say. I thought, "Man, that's really interesting." I, I just met the Lord. I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And so she came back, and I said, "Did you go to the funeral home?" She said, "Oh yeah." I said, "Well, what happened?" She said, "Ooh." I said, "Well, did you get it out of the casket?" She said, "Well, no. <laughs> You're not going to do it with your ordinary fates. It takes gifts of the Spirit to raise the dead, like I said earlier." with smith were so here in jesus ministry when lazarus got up again it's a gift of faith that called his spirit back into his body and his gifts of working of miracles that causes organs to light back up again and all the systems of his body to work and then the gifts of healings to heal him and keep him well right so wow that's just really incredible so spiritual gifts often operate together that's the thing i wanted to mention about that let me talk as I conclude. Sometimes in uh, delivering people that are uh, in various stages of demon oppression, uh, it takes uh, the gift of faith. I have cast devils out of people. <coughs> Don't let that spook you. It's not really a big deal. In fact, you want to know the truth? If somebody thinks they're demonized and he's got demon problems, if you'll just get where the Word of God is preached and people live and walk by faith, you get enough of the Word in you, that stuff will leave you alone. Did you hear me? i got a lot to say about that, but not tonight. So sometimes it takes the gift of faith, and sometimes when I'm ministering to someone, I can tell, and I don't want to get off under this, these stories come when I start talking. I had a lady in my office back in 1993, and uh, long story short, she was 32 years old. Her mother was Native American Indian, had, had given her over to the devil before she was born, and she had certain symptoms and manifestations lifelong, and I don't have time to get into the whole story But the demon that was in her, um, she attended our church and nobody knew until I called that thing out. And uh, I do certain things if I think somebody's demonized. And I did those things in my office and, and, I mean, it manifested kind of spooky, kind of strange. Got to talk. The devil started talking to me in her voice. A man's voice came out of her mouth. Yeah. Started telling me what's going to happen to me and my family trying to make me afraid. Well, you're not going to make me afraid. You're not going to make me afraid. Uh, And and when that happened, I mean, y'all, all I can tell you is I was on this side of the desk, and the next thing I knew, when that devil spoke to me out of her mouth, I came across that desk, and when I came to myself, her head was in my hands. I had both my big old paws on both sides of her head, and I was saying, Come out! Come out! And it was trying to bite me. I said, You're not going to bite me. Shut up and come out. The eventuation of that, and it's a long story, she got set free. But I said that because when I did that, something came on me, y'all. I felt, I felt like, I felt like David slaying Goliath. I felt like Samson. I just felt, I don't know how to describe that the gift of faith in manifestation. You get that? So I could tell you other stories like that. Uh, let me uh, conclude by uh, saying this back in 2009. I was minding my own business, and I got to where I just had a thought, and this, this yearning came, would come on me when I was preaching. We were in the other building that if I could just get my hands on somebody and pray for them to be healed, and if I could just say words a certain way, they'd get well. I mean, you couldn't convince me it wasn't going to happen. And so I just started doing that. And I would tell people, and I, I, didn't, I didn't rehearse this. I didn't mean to say it. It just started coming out. And I would say to a person, don't say anything. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. And I would, I would, I would pray for them. And I would end their prayer by saying, you will come back to me and say these words. All that left me—that is, the sickness, the problem, the infirmity—and and it started happening. And I'd pray for people, and there was no instant manifestation. In fact, listen to this. So, but they would come back to me and tell me they were healed. I was I was doing a funeral for a guy, and this was I think in two thousand ten, and we were in the other building, and it was a Saturday, and the family was mourning, and everybody sat in. Um, a lot of people that were not Victory Church people were there, and uh, and so uh, you know. Um, everybody's talking to the family prior. And then, of course, we start the service singing and all that. And then I'm doing the, I'm giving the eulogy. And, and um, I'm, you know, giving the uh, pastoral remarks is what they call it. And, and here's a guy sitting on the front row. And, and, you know, he never took his eyes off me. And and I'm talking, you know, and, and you got the casket right here and the flowers and all that. And everybody's looking. and But my eyes engage this man. And he's sitting right in front of me. And he was looking daggers through. He never smiled. He looked at me, had a poker face. I thought, okay, is there something on my face? What is, and my pants zipped up. What is, what's what's he, why is he looking at me like that? What's wrong with me? You know, and he just looked at me so unusual. uh, And he just wouldn't take his eyes off me. And I thought, okay, uh, I think he's got something to say to me at the end because I thought he don't like me. I, I didn't know what it was. I finished the sermon, you know, and the message and, you know, the casket went out. then, And then after the meeting, the family's kind of hanging out. He came up to me. He said, you know me? I said, um, um, no, sir. Uh, I, I don't remember you. I'm, I'm sorry I have a good memory, but I don't remember you. And he, listen to what he said a year ago. He said, a year ago, I was in your church. And he was a friend of a family member that attended our church. He said, I was in your church a year ago. And he said, I had a problem with my back, and no doctor could help me. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and, and nobody could help me. And he said he said, But you prayed for me and he said you said I would come back to you and tell you all the pain left. He said, Sir, he looked at me real serious. It's been a year. I haven't hurt in a long time. Thank you. I said, Well Jesus, thank thank you, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So so I don't know how many people I've prayed for. I can't make that gift manifest, but the gift of faith to me is really amazing. So I said all that to say, when you're out and about in daily life, you may be taking a lunch break, you may be in a restaurant, you may be in Target, Walmart, you know, food line, getting groceries. And if you look at somebody and the Lord says, pray for them, and then you go to pray for them and you feel like something comes on you kind of like maybe came on David. Or kind of like came on on some of these men of God of yesteryear. Or like comes on me and I just feel like, you know, I I can't say no. And God's not going to say no to this. He's going to answer this prayer. See, that's the gift of faith. You understand? And it's an amazing gift. It's amazing. So ask God, Lord, if you will, let it manifest. And be open to the manifestation of this gift. Again, when you're praying for somebody, ministering to somebody, and it's like you just can't doubt. Does that make sense? It's often the gift of faith in manifestation. I appreciate this gift. It's a wonderful thing. I wish I could turn it on and off at will, but I can't. And, uh, but when it manifests, it is awesome. So the gift of faith, it works often hand in hand with the gifts of healings, works hand in hand with those that operate in the working of miracles, which is, which is most often the evangelist's ministry. And sometimes, even the prophetic ministry, like uh, Festus Soha, first time he came to victory in um, November, December ish of 2005. Uh, it was on a Wednesday night. The power of God fell. And we had people that were, we had one lady had a chronic kidney disease. She was instantly healed. And uh, the gifts of healings. And I could tell he operated also in the gift of faith. So come on October 2nd morning and night and we'll have a big time. And you may see some of these things stir up and so uh, Y'all get something out of these?